Welcome everybody to Second Star to the Right, a Neverland adventure where five adventurers from this world and beyond are drawn to the magical island of Neverland and erasing his time to recover a fallen star. I'm Andrew. I am uh, one of your hosts and players here on the game, and I'm so excited to have you here with us today. It's going to be a great game tonight. Before we kick off, I just want to say a really quick thing. If you happen to be in the uh, the tabletop Twitter world, uh, you might have seen that a bunch of uh, grumpy old white dudes are trying to um, complain about people having fun in the game and make the world worse than it is now. And uh, I'm not going to name them because they suck and they don't deserve to be named. But I just want to say that us here at Second Star, for myself and the cast, um, we stand strongly against transphobia, homophobia, ableism, racism, misogyny. Um, we believe that you should play the games you love with the people that you love, no matter what they are, no matter who they are. Um, we do not derive our joy from gatekeeping, a toxically masculine power fantasy. Um, our joy comes from telling stories with the people that we love. And we hope that you do the same uh, with the people that you love. And uh, that's why we do this. It, it's fun to play and to share stories. And we hope that you do the same and that you never limit the joy that you can have at the table um, by restricting the kind of people that you have at your table. So that is what we're all about. We hope that if you enjoy the show that you feel the same. With that being said, uh, I do want to give a shout out to some other great people that we do love. And that is our fantastic title sponsor, Demiplane, who helps make this show happen, who uh, makes sure that this cast gets paid and our crew gets paid and that we can do cool things um, here on the stream and on our Patreon and all other sorts of fun places. Demiplane is a fantastic place to find games, any game you want. Uh, go there, demiplane.com. You can search by game. You can take their quiz to determine what kind of play style you like and who you would match well with. And they have fantastic tools for those games from video chat to shared adventure logs and quest trackers and they're adding great new features all the time they just updated their discord to uh add some great new channels for um community and socializing so go check them out demiplane.com follow them at demiplane rpg on twitter and uh subscribe and follow their twitch channel uh demiplane rpg where their heroes of the plane show happens every week on tuesday evenings thank you demiplane Y'all are fantastic. Thank you for supporting the show. And uh, we love supporting y'all. And uh, Joe, you want to take it from here? Go ahead. Thanks, Andrew. want to give two more quick shout outs to gold sponsors of our show. Uh, first one being Black Oak Workshop, who are the official dice sponsors of Second Star. Um, I, I literally cannot recommend their dice enough. The size, quality, fits nice in the palm of your hand, the custom text size on each of the die so you can read them better. It's more visible. They have many themes, many styles, and of course, it wouldn't be a show, a live show, if we weren't doing a sick Black Oak Workshop giveaway. We've got this awesome sparkly gold star set paired with this glow-in-the-dark dragon set that will be given away to one lucky winner. Uh, we'll be doing that during the break, so keep an eye out for that. Thank you, Black Oak Workshop, for being our official dice sponsor. We love your product. Uh, also, a big thank you to Laser Wolf Attack, uh, coming from the creative mind of Andrew McLean. Um, prominent indie comics like Headlopper, Apocalyptic Girl. Um, Andrew McLean recently did a Batman variant cover in a recent DC comic, which was freaking awesome. I had to stop myself from spending $600 on like, the original art that he did of it, but hopefully you did because it's amazing art. Um, go to your local comic book, store, comic book store, pick up one of Andrew McLean's comic from Laser Wolf Attack. 
you will be treating yourself very much. Uh, I think without further ado, join us on another adventure into Neverland. Last session, we ended in a climatic blast of magical star energy as the group found and somewhat recovered the first of five fallen star fragments. The object was located deep underground within a network of excavated iron mines and through the creativity of the group managed to get some of the party into the mines, but through the um, an unexpected star power, magical spells got altered, the party split and not the way it was intended, and we now find ourselves divided. Genevieve and Talith are currently deep, deep, deep in the iron mines underneath the island of Neverland, a star fragment secured in the star shell shaped like a walnut in Talith's possession, while the rest of the group Helen, Dante, and Shifra found their way to the front door of the Iron Mine, which now lies locked with chains and a padlock. Hopefully, the group can not only get into the Iron Mines, but reunite each other with each other so that we can safely bring the Star Fragment back to the surface so we can continue hunting more Star Fragments as it goes. With that, I think we're ready to jump right into it. Talith and Genevieve, both of you now standing in this small, carved out, almost circular shape of a room, maybe 30 feet total in diameter around you. Talith, you just scooped the star fragment with the shell, closed it with the clasp as you look around to see Genevieve nearly winded from the the damage she took from being blasted into a tree and then teleported into the mines with you. What's your initial reaction here, Talith? I, hey, hey, Helen, I got this. 
<clears throat> hey, uh, is Helen is Helen coming? Um, I mean, not, I'm I mean, gonna I'm, get her to know. I I feel very welcome. Thank you. Um, but no, I don't think she is. I I, I have no idea what happened. All I knew is suddenly I hit a tree and then I'm here now. So. Well, you're you're a wizard, so stuff like that probably happens to you all the time, right? Uh, I, I I got the star. I don't remember how oh, big okay. it is. I got the star. Okay, it's like so good. It's like softball. Um. Okay. Good. 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 Um. I guess we should probably. Are you, do you remember which direction? Which direction we heard the sound going? Uh, I don't. I don't even remember hearing a sound. Uh, Talith and Genevieve, as you sort of, you know, dust yourselves off, look around the chamber, uh, you both bring in a little bit more information. Mm -hmm. um, there are, there's some mining equipment around you. There's a small sort of like mining cart with a pickaxe, a shovel, some buckets, other things you would use for excavation and mining. Um, and you now both sort of realize that the chamber you're in is like a recently mined chamber. So recent that there are still iron veins visible in the wall glittering from the small amount of sunlight penetrating that hole that the shrunken talith jumped through you see that there are two ways out of this room whether it's north south east or west you do not know but there are two ways both of you please make a survival check natural 20 those things. Where's my sheet? Uh, 22, uh, 25. Nice. Oh, um, a natural two, so four. <laughs> Genevieve, maybe still a little winded trying to put the pieces together of what just happened. Talith, your senses kick in immediately. The two paths leading out of the small mining chamber that you are in are quite different. You're getting two very different physical feelings from them. Um, the one will say towards the north, um, there are strong cold winds coming from, almost like opening your door during an Arctic tundra. Um, it's chilling to even walk in that direction of the chamber that you're in. Um, the other hallway will say the one towards the west has a lot of dry heat coming down it. Um, it's very warm, it's very humid. Um, both of these paths take turns, so you can't see, like, down their full length, um, but you get the sense that one has a very cold climate and one has a very warm climate. Genevieve mentioned, do you remember the sounds, um, that might have helped get towards the front of the mine entrance, and you recall that you probably heard them coming from the west entrance, the, the heated entrance. Uh, yeah, so the sounds, um, I think they might have been coming from this way, which is very warm, and the other way is very cold, and I have never, like, literally never been underground before, so this is, uh, this is new, um, and I, I don't know, is it supposed to be hot, or is it supposed to be cold? Have you, have you done this before? Um, I also have very minimal underground experience, um, so I guess it depends on the area, but... I don't exactly know this island still, so I, I, I guess make that. a quick oh. arcana check. That? That's gonna be a twenty-three. 
Um, as you sort of stand in between this heated path, this cool path, maybe trying to judge the nature of these climates, uh, you can sense that they, they both come from magic. This is magic causing these intense temperature changes. Um, it feels very natural, very druidic, very of the world sort of magic. Not like a spell that has been cast to enchant the area, but just some naturally occurring arcana. Um, I, I feel like uh, the heat and the cold, it's magical in a way, but almost like natural magic, not so much like my magic, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I, I think so. Um, sure. Yeah, no, no that makes that makes total sense. Uh, is, I, is everybody else coming? Are they and I'm like looking up towards the hole or whatever? Uh, are they are they showing up or? We did know the group called down that they were going to make their way towards the mine entrance to find a way inside and link up with you all. Um, Genevieve and Talith, I'm going to let you maybe chat privately to decide what you want to do, maybe which way you want to go as we switch over to the other half of the group. Helen, Dante, and Shifra. We stand underneath the warm Neverland sun, a breeze riffling through the jungle canopy, as I imagine, Helen stands with her arms at her side at the massive closed locked door to the Iron Mines with, with Dante and uh, Shifra flanking her. Um, there's a giant padlock, chains rippled across, and if we call last session, we saw a swine, um, a large sort of warthog with a duck on its head with a key lassoed around the duck's neck that took off deep into the Neverland jungle. Of course, we can assume that is the key to the Iron Mines, but perhaps the group has another way to unlock this door. What do we think? I want to break it. I think you should. You'd be great at breaking that. It's just a chain. I mean, like, how hard could it possibly be? I, famous last words. Not hard at all for <laughs> you. All right, so I'm I'm just gonna attempt, I think, first to maybe just smash the padlock with my hammer. Yeah. See if I can. Sure, absolutely. Okay. Make um, just roll straight damage. This is the easiest game of whack-a-mole Helen has ever played. Um, okay. And it's it's a large lock. Like if you were gonna try to like rip it off with your hands, you would need both hands to like get leverage to pull on it. So you'll you'll need to smash it really good. All right, I'm gonna attempt to smash it really good. Uh, yeah. And two-handed, so. Of course. Look out, lock. That is um, 11 total points of damage. Uh, and as you swing your hammer, connecting the head of it with the iron fitting of the padlock, there's a loud ding that sort of like reverberates but doesn't crack. Helen, make a quick insight check. Dante, make a quick perception check. And Ifra, make a constitution saving throw. Uh, Helen, how'd you do? 12. Um, Helen, you put together that that was not enough force to even harm the lock at all. Um, it seems to be tougher than the damage output that you could do with that initial swing. Um, Shifra, how was your roll? 17. 17, and Dante, how was your roll? I can't 
hear you, Michael. It's because I was muted. Um, also 17. 17. Um, Dante, as the ding from the iron lock reverberates, you quickly turn to Shifra. Um, Shifra, you feel this like wave of like noxious feeling like come from the pit of your stomach. You manage to like keep it together. Maybe you would cover your ears from hearing this iron lock ring, um, but it's just a really uncomfortable, unsettling feeling from you. Dante, you notice this. Um, Shifra, like what, what sort of your mannerisms here? Mm. Helen, mm, do you think you can get it open? And I'll kind of take a few steps back. I don't think smashing the lock would work. Maybe, maybe the, the chain links it, itself? I don't know. Yeah, I could, uh, I could make you bigger. Maybe that would help. I mean, I like being big. <laughs> I know, I just want to make sure you can still fit inside the mine when the time comes. Because I know you're going to get this thing open. Uh, how, so, how long was I big last time? Not long, I don't think, actually. Um, so I will go ahead and I will enlarge you. <laughs> and begin. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I do that. I like, like poof her, and now she's giant and has advantage on her strength stuff. Absolutely. Um, Dante, do you have any input yourself at this point? Yeah, um, do I still see the, uh, the boar duck or whatever is going on over there? <laughs> uh, as soon as you locked eyes with the swine and duck, it beefed it into the jungle. I mean, if Sorry, you I'm wanted scared. to try to react quickly to it, I, I'd allow it. I didn't give you. That's a what I'm trying to do. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast force of light. Uh, force. Uh, wow, I have, I have things on the mind. Ray of frost. <laughs> this is a magic the gathering. Okay. I know. Leave me alone. <laughs> Don't attack me. <laughs> uh, make an attack roll with ray of frost. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you cast force of lightning, I'd be forced to play an instant spell on you so yeah yeah okay okay let's go for this uh okay so ray of frost will just do it in the application 15. 15 um as you shoot the ray of cold energy uh the swine and duck just kind of roll to the side and into the jungle dodging your attack as helen quadruples her size or however big you get um helen you're you're towering over the door now double in size uh, maybe quadruple one day. We'll get there. Um, you're you're towering over the door to the mines now, twice the size of the door. Uh, what's your play here? Well, while I'm big, I want to knock on this door. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to boom, boom, boom. Um, With the type of force to beat it down? Uh, no, I just I'm just really big, and it's a big door, and I want to knock on it. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, you knock, boom, boom, boom. And you can tell that on the opposite side, that knock carries for like a good amount of, of time, probably uh, signaling to you that whatever area rooms are beyond are probably large and hollow. Cool. Okay. So now, now that I'm big, big, my weapons get big as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, everything scales with you. Okay, cool. And I get an extra 1d4. So I'm going to attempt again to just smash this. So am I rolling damage? Yes. And I'm going to say, since you're twice the size of the door, that we're going to consider Helen a siege monster. 
Um, and that mechanic doubles all damage dealt to like inanimate objects. Oh, splendid. Okay. So roll your damage dice and then double the number you roll. Okay. That, okay, so... Okay, <laughs> six times two is 12, plus four is 16, plus the extra d4 that I get for being big, um, which is an extra three. An extra six, because you're doubling that number too. Oh. All, you roll all your damage dice and then double it. Okay, so... <laughs> Eight, 22. <laughs> Helen, describe to me how you like, um, oh crap, what's the game? Croquet, how you croquet the door down, right? That's the game I'm thinking of? I think so. Uh, yes, sure. <laughs> so I, I, yes, golf style. Golf um, style. Head, head of the mallet down on the ground. I tee up on the door and I, I swing it back and I gave it a whoop, and I smacked that baby. Boom! The door echoes as the iron lock and chains just shatter and fall to the ground, sort of like forming a line at the door. Uh, the door itself like cracks and dents a little bit, but isn't demolished, but you unlocked it in the most Helen way possible. Well, now I just have to wait to get small so I can actually get in. Just a quick minute. It'll be fine. All right. And I just sit down, which I assume <laughs> shakes the earth. And as we wait a quick minute, unless uh, Shifra and Dante have anything to add here at this point. Uh, I don't think so. I just would have definitely covered my ears and looked away as she's doing this. Of course. I'll, I'll uh, just say... Uh, well, it's good that you were able to get that door knocked down. I could not slow that weird animal companionship down. <laughs> <laughs> it's all um, right. You know I've got you. And I pat him on the head because he's so little. You know I've got you. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll switch back to Talith and Genevieve standing at a fork in the road, hot and cold, left and right. What do we think? I, I, I think we should go. I think we should go this way, and I point at the cold. And then I'm like, unless, unless you want to go this way, and I point at the hot, or maybe, or maybe you'd rather go uh, this way. I, and, uh, and I'm kind of looking around nervously at the at the the cavern. Um, I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like I'm supposed to know uh, which way to go, and I never do. And I just, I, I wish, I wish, I, I don't know. I just, somebody else needs to make the decision. Do you, where do you want to go? I don't. Tell us. Okay. Do. Before before we do anything right now, I I just want you to know that you're doing fine. Okay. But but I don't even I don't even I don't even know which way to go. I've got the star. I don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. I don't know where we're. I don't know where I don't know where anyone is. I could call Helen, but she seems really pissed at me, so I don't think I should do that. And I I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think anyone's mad at you at all. Stop stop thinking and I'm sorry, that's aggressive. Um try not to think of things in such a yes or no, right or wrong manner about this. We're in an entirely new place. I don't know what's happening any more than you know what's happening right now. But now you said that you think you heard the sound coming from the west, right? That echo. Yeah, 
No, yeah, that I did. I did, yeah, mm-hmm. I heard it okay. that way. So, yeah. so if we heard that echo coming out, that might indicate the opening is closest there. Now, that's in the warm direction. What's drawing you to the cold? I, uh, I like, I like cold air. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of flying. I'm fine. Okay. But that makes we're sense. underground, so there's probably we're probably not. I mean, I don't know. It's dumb. You know, we, it's you know. not dumb. Don't talk about yourself like that. I think that if you want to, we can start going down the cold path. See what's down there. You're a lot uh, quieter than I am, and faster too. If you don't mind, maybe just trying to go a little bit ahead. I'll try not to make any noise. It looks like this has been recently mined. At least from what I can tell, I'm not an expert in this in any way, but there might be someone or something still down here. And so far it's been pretty aggressive in either way. Either they're very nice or they're really not nice at all. That seems like that seems like uh, great odds. <laughs> It'd be nice yeah. or not or not nice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, how about this? I kind of mm-hmm. felt like going cold, and you kind of felt like going hot. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to surprise you. I don't like making decisions. Um, I couldn't. So tell. what if? And and I, and I take off uh, Kahanit's uh, horseshoe mm-hmm. necklace that I found at the camp. I was like, mm-hmm. what if we flip? What if we flip it? And uh, uh, this side, and there's a side that kind of has a has a notch. Is this west mm-hmm. through the hot, and then the smooth side on the back. This is a uh, this is cold. And that way, mm-hmm. and that way, Kahanit picks, and, and it's their decision. I like it. That sounds good. So I, uh, I will flip a horseshoe. It's like the, the sweetest f- thing I've ever heard in any of my D and D sessions. <laughs> the form of a D four. Excellent. Uh, and and I flip the horseshoe up, and it lands down on the ground, kind of with a thud, and uh, and it is the the warm side up. I'm like, cool. Hey, <laughs> we're, let's go that way. You know what that just reminded me of? Something I would do. It's like you're a diviner in your own right. You want to go? Uh, yeah, you want? I, I can. I can go in front. Um, if you, if you don't mind, I, I I got you, and I will stealthily make my way fifteen to twenty feet ahead of Genevieve down the western tunnel. Sure. Make your stealth check, please. With advantage. Uh, why would you have advantage? Because I asked. <laughs> The answer is Christy, no. please. <laughs> it never hurts to ask. Right. Ooh, 11. Okay. Um, you start to lead the way. Um, as you go down the hallway, the tunnel first, it's, and I say tunnel, I mean tunnel. It's, you know, a rounded path that's very uneven and unpleasant to walk on. Maybe five, five and a half feet in height. So considering, you know, your character's heights, you're either crouching, maybe holding on to the sides for for extra balance. And every step you take Talith and Genevieve, you know, 20 feet behind them, it gets warmer and warmer and warmer to the point where you're either like loosening clothing, wiping sweat off your your forehead and taking extra sips from your 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 water pouches to stay hydrated and and comfortable um genevieve you see talith take the first turn um now kind of out of your sight talith 
the turn takes and it's a short tunnel way before it opens up into like a larger chamber. And you can feel that the source of this heat is, is coming from this large chamber. You hear moving, like slow earth moving and bubbling. Um, you would imagine the sounds of like magma or lava in this chamber. Um, make a perception check. Oh my gosh. Natural one. Uh, Unfortunately, oh, the on, sound... Hold on, I have some pluses. It's a perception check. So natural one, that's a five. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> okay. the sounds of this lava lake dead ahead would muffle any other sounds you might hear. Um, but being stealthy, we have your stealth roll noted. You make your way forward. And I would, I would kind of uh, very quickly just like run back um, to tell Genevieve, hey, I think there's like lava. Do they have volcanoes where you're from? I don't know where you're from. We should talk about that at some point. But I think there's lava up ahead because it's very hot. So let's be okay. careful. But I'm, I'm going to go keep looking. Okay. Scurry you. off. You scurry off. You make your way into this larger chamber. And this is what we see. There is a great lake of magma and fire that is swirling endlessly. There are sort of like these small channels that feed into this large lava lake um, on the battle cam here, you're noticing one of these channels. Um, you bottom out right into the flow of lava. Um, hope you can see yourself okay on the cam there. And you notice directly across this channel feeding into the larger lake are these creatures. They stand on two legs, probably five feet in height. Fe black feathered bodies with like bare tan skin clinging to their skulls you can see the definition of their facial features wide dilated whited out eyes with serrated teeth locking together outside the jaw of their bite uh, imagine a feathered velociraptor if you will there are two of them and a smaller one all sitting down in a nest of eggs. And as soon as you take a step out in this channel, the two bigger ones get up, look at you, and start, like, yelping. Like, like happy, friendly yelps? <laughs> no. We'll make an insight check. <laughs> golly gee willikers, I will. Ten. No, not friendly yelping. It's very aggressive, very territorial, very... Maybe we need some help over here. Hey, hey, no, no, no we're good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna back this way. Do I see, do I see a place where like this, uh, and you might have said it, but where this uh, tunnel might continue or, or where we could get out? Or does it just seem to be a dead end chamber? No, so you can keep following the sort of, like, crusted, bleeding, lava-filling rock path around the channel, around the large lake. Um, you can see two entrances or exits on the opposite side of the chamber from where you enter. 
There's a, one that's closer and one that's farther away. Obviously, you don't know where they lead to. Um, but you can get to them without having to cross any sort of lava. You just kind of walk the border. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if I uh, if I start backing away, do the 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 birdie skull creepy things seem to calm down? Yeah. As you get further away from them, they certainly don't get any closer to you, and sort of start to calm down with their noises and inflections. Uh, I kind of, I mean, back up, probably keeping an eye on them until maybe I bump into Genevieve. I'm like, oh, uh, there, okay. Bird things. Weird bird things, and they seem angry. But uh, they have a nest near them, and that's probably why. I've dealt with birds a lot, um, mm-hmm. and and maybe they're probably protective about their 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 things, their eggs. Um, so, I mean, we keep we keep going? There's a way out, but I, I don't, I don't know. Can, can you put like birds to sleep or something? Or I can I can find them. I can find them. To sleep. Um, and she kind of glances out. Does she also see how many are there? Yeah, you see like the two bigger ones, one mm-hmm. smaller one, and then three eggs in their clutch. Large eggs, like ostrich eggs. You would need two hands to carry these eggs. Oh goodness. Um, I think that maybe moving along and leaving them alone would be a good idea. So, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to be too happy if we go out into the chamber. So do you want to turn around mm. and try the, the, the cold way? Um, I mean, what do we try to... And glancing over on the side that these birds are on, are there any, like, um, tunnels, pathways to other other areas? So, yeah, there are... There are there's really just the bank. There's no, mm-hmm. like, you know, clearings or enclosures or mm-hmm. anything like that. You'd have to follow the bank all the way around. And there are, there are two more tunnels that lead outside of this chamber. Um, you could either take the long way, like bypassing the nest completely, um, or you could take the shorter way, which you'd have to walk like past the nest. Still on the other side of the lava flow, but closer to them and then farther. Um, what if... Emma, how far away is that closer entrance or exit? The closer entrance is much closer than the long way. Um, essentially, taking the long way means constitution checks to see if you can repel exhaustion from walking through this intensely hot lava-laked chamber. Got it. In terms of, like, feet so, distance for spells, about how far is that shorter distance? The entrance, you mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's probably a good 60 feet away. Ooh, okay, still too far for me. Um... Oh, goodness. Well, um, I feel like maybe we should try to move past them if we can. We've already come this far. Um, turning around, if we get a dead end the other direction, we'll just have to come back anyways. Yeah, no, I think that um, makes sense. Uh, all right, uh, stay behind me, okay? And we'll, uh, we'll go, we'll go slow and we'll go steady. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah, Talith and Genevieve, you sort of cross the path on the opposite side of the bank past these feather-raptored-like creatures. Both of you will need to succeed on a skill check, and I'll kind of let you sell it to me, whether it's, like, charisma-based, a performance, maybe an animal handling. You can decide if you can sell it to me what skill you want to check to either 
calm the creatures, distract the creatures, bypass the creatures, or magic, or whatever. What do we think? I will kind of crouch down as I go near the lava. And I'll just kind of like move like lava. I'll just be like, I'm just a little blob of lava floating down the lava river. And I'll just kind of move like lava. Don't worry about me. I'm just lava uh, as I go. Are you utilizing stealth, performance, charisma, animal handling? I mean, I'm lying to them in a deceptive manner, so one might say I'm being deceptive. Deception it is. As you tell them you're lava, but in reality, you are not. And Genevieve, what's your angle? Oh, gosh. If I follow that up. Um, I think Genevieve is just going to try to go more in a stealth direction. Um, almost a little bit distanced from Talith as not to disturb his attempts and just to like creep up against the side as much as possible slowly sure footing excellent yeah both of you make your roles utilizing the skills of your that's uh 23 16 excellent both of you beat out the creatures collective five as you bypass their nest, taking the short route towards the closer tunneled entrance. Um, as you like clear them, get to the entrance, leaving this chamber, you look back and you see one of the adult sized ones, like, you know, rub their head up against the chest of the other as they sort of like get a little closer, then like sit back down on their clutch of eggs as their little feathered baby raptor like dances between them, sort of like joyfully. Um, as you both look down the chamber, the tunnel you just found, you can hear wind sort of whistling um, in a natural way, um, sort of signifying maybe a change in elevation on the approach. Uh, we're going to switch back over to Helen, Shifra, and Dante, as enough time has passed now where Helen has shrunken back down to her normal size and I don't know if that's like an instantaneous or like an overtime shrinkage, you know, like what the scale of that is. <laughs> but both sound great, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, like, I like to imagine yeah, that maybe sorry. there's some shrinkage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Chains I have a question. are broken on this door. It now just needs to be open. What do we think? Uh, question. Did yeah. we notice that Shifra had kind of an adverse reaction to the Iron Gate um, back when we went up the hill? Um, I think so, Shifra. Did you make that aware? Because you took damage from that gate. I think so far, like, Dante is the only one who has noticed. I think he noticed then and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think just Dante at this point has made those connections. I, I wouldn't bring it up until the second time. Like Dante like saw that, but obviously Dante is a man of, I don't know science, but like magic and science, you know, in some places sure. like Asgard, they're one and the same anyway. Um, so he's not going to bring it up yet because it doesn't know, but if it happens again, he may bring it up. So just that's what Dante's, that's what's happening in his noggin. Okay, Very good. Uh, so I'll open the doors, if I can. 
Yeah, it's a large stone slab, Helen, that you'll have to like pull to the side. There's a large like, you know, like bar that you can grab onto and pull. Um, anyone would have to have immense strength to do so, but with you, this is just a normal door. Um, it's a warm up. We enter. As the door opens, a very foul, stale, almost rotting smell and air comes flooding out of the open door. You see with what natural light peers into the entrance, um, uh, frankly, a large room built out stone tiles, supported clean stone walls with like a carved out engraved ceiling um, stretches across this large chamber that's filled with tables, barrels, crates, racks of supplies. Um, and as you all sort of step in, you realize that this is like a staging area, right? For like equipping yourself, getting yourself familiar with the mines, and then like diving into it. From here, you see that one, two, three chambers break off from this central chamber all separated with closed wooden doors. I would like to look around at what equipment is in this room. Of course, yeah. Um, you see stray tools and carts, mining picks, shovels, ropes, cleats, pittens, um, you know, uh, packs. Um, you also see like tables with maps and notes sprawled out. I mean, this, from walking into it, it looks like a working mine with just no one here. No employees, if you will. Uh, I'd like to take a pic. <laughs> P-I-C-K, not a picture. <laughs> okay, I got you. I not like, a selfie. You your, okay. phone? <laughs> your Kodak camera, there's nowhere to develop the thing. <laughs> yeah, you can easily grab a mining pick out of one of the carts. Cool. Uh, I will... I imagine mine is dark because nothing is lit, as it were. So there's um, natural light coming from the open door, like filling this mm -hmm. chamber. Mm -hmm. But yeah, past the closed doors, you don't know what lies behind in terms of visibility. <clears throat> All right, cool. So um, I'm going to uh, cast my dancing lights, which we've said before is kind of like these light bulb looking things, except without the socket part, just a straight sphere with the filament inside, like twirling around. So. I'm going to make some dancing lights because I figure we're going into a dark place. An excellent idea. Um, Shifra, any re initial reaction from you? Yeah, you said there was a map in here. There is. Shifra, you walk over to this large wooden table that has, you know, a sprawled out parchment, large, you know, like plot size, blueprint looking map on it. Um, make an investigation check. Let's see how well you can read and interpret <laughs> 12 12 um it's uh what languages do you speak i speak uh pixie celestial common sylvan and druidic good um there is language there is writing on this map unfortunately the language that you don't quite comprehend um, but you see, like, not like a formal map with, like, clean labels and pathways and, like, this is safe and this is not safe. It's more like these, like, bubbled circles with, like, details of the rooms kind of drawn in them. Like, one, you see, like, clear, like, scaffolding drawn. One, you see, like, 
stacked stone slabs. One, you can see this like big kind of pool looking thing. Um, you see a, bottom, a lot of like, like gray dots on it as well with labels in this, in this language you don't understand. It, it's, it's a very like specific person can read this map sort of thing. Um, it seems handy, but you can't quite comprehend all of the information. Okay. Um, I would say that you would understand that there is like a you are here label. Like there's a clear entrance into the mines on mm -hmm. this map that resembles the room that you're standing in. Um, and as you like, you hold the map, maybe like look around, like it's big. You have to kind of like stretch it out in front of you if it's not on the table. You can see that each one of the three rooms adjoining this entrance chamber um, are labeled above the doors. Um, and, and as you get your bearings, you see one is labeled equipment stores, one is labeled general storage, and one is labeled sleeping quarters. Okay. And then there seems to be a fourth door that isn't on the map, but is in the room, sort of stacked behind some barrels, some crates. Okay. I'll point this out to my friends. And say this room has equipment, Helen. If you want some more equipment, that room is storage. This room is sleeping, but this other room over here isn't on the map. Well, no one's sleeping anymore after I banged on the door. Um, <laughs> Certainly not. I assume no one's in there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we could give that a check out. Um, I guess, Helen, do you want to? You want me to open the door? Are you afraid? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I... I'll open the door. <laughs> I open the door. Yes, you go up to the sleeping quarters room and open the appropriately sized wooden door. Um, as you do, it's it's completely dark in there, and you you might even need to like kind of call Dante over to have his magical lights at least illuminate the first half. of um, and as it is illuminated, you can see that it's clearly sleeping quarters, small bunks, cots, um, even just like simple bedrolls and pillows are orderly and neatly laid out like a barracks would be in this sort of rectangular shaped chamber. You also notice a large set of lockers along the far back wall, maybe like for personal storage. Um, you don't see any one or any creatures occupying any of the beds from the position you're standing in. Um, the room seems vacant. All right. Uh, I'm a, is, is the lockers closed or open? The lockers, all the doors are mostly closed. Some are open. You know what I mean? It's sort of like a you know, fallout situation. I'm going to go check the lock, uh, lockers, but while I do that, uh, I'm just going to say, you know, you've been pretty good at uh, reading maps and all. Where'd you, where'd you learn how to do that, Shifra? Reading, well, I mean, I study maps of the stars with my, with my druid circle. And, I mean, I can't really understand much about this map. It's pretty simple. I mean, you're a smart guy. Look at it. There's, you are here, and then there's three rooms. Um, I mean... I'm not well-versed at maps. I, yes, I've done a bunch of reading, but I haven't had to navigate. I can navigate the cities. 
It's something to navigate the stars or some place like this mine is something special. I mean, not all of us can do what you're doing. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, can you can you feel the star down here? Can I DM? Shifra, you do not feel the star's presence. Um, most likely from like your understanding of the star fragment and the star shell, once it's clasped in the shell, that, that shell dampens all the star's mm -hmm. powers and like range, right? So maybe mm -hmm. if maybe if Talith was walking around with the star in his hand, you might be able to sense it or feel it, but in in the clasp, you cannot. I can't I can't tell where it is, probably because Talith has it in the in the, the star holder, the star shell. Um which is too bad. You know, that would be a good idea. I mean we couldn't do any magic, none of our magic would work. But if he had the shell open, then maybe we would know which direction they were. But I don't know. We'll just have to use this map that I can't really understand. Well, don't don't sell yourself short. I think you're our best bet to us getting to them and probably safely out of here. But Absolutely. I would probably get lost myself, so I think you're you're a lot more helpful to this team than you think. Well, thank no, you. We I need appreciate you. <laughs> well, we definitely okay. need you, Helen. We got we can't get in here without you. I just break down the door. <laughs> Dante, what languages do you speak? That is a good question. Uh, uh, double common. Dwarvish, Elvish, and Sylvan. Aha. As Shifra sort of shows you the map a little bit since you're talking about it, um, you recognize the language written on the map, uh, Dante, as Dwarvish. Oh, oh, this is interesting. Um, I, I actually might need your help here because I could read this, but most of it probably means nothing to me. Um, oh, we'll see. Told you. Yeah. What's the one thing? you know, interpreting literal language, but trying to make sense of it all. That's sure, that's sure. where you come in. Um, and so I start speaking uh, Dwarvish. At, like, I, I try and paraphrase these things Dwarvish so it makes sense in my mind so I could say in English. I do understand Dwarvish, but, like, it was through study, so I haven't yeah. had to, like, hey, I'm fluent. I'm talking to this Dwarf person. We're just cool. Like, it's not that. No, so, like, yeah. Honestly, I took like, a class, this, and I'm really good at class. In this instance, this is probably what you're most comfortable with, right? Like, interpreting the written language and then sort of, like, reiterating back, um, yeah. translating it. It's all sort of, you just see, like, numbers and, like, short words or phrases on the map labeling certain areas, right? Um, the first thing that sticks out to you <coughs> is that each of these, like, pocketed areas that are sort of like the rooms on the map of the mines each have a number by them um that probably the miners were using to keep track of these chambers um you notice room 31 has a big x through it and in simple dorvis just says city of the dead um, I mean, it doesn't take a lot for me to translate that this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what else I could offer as far as interpreting that, but we probably shouldn't go to that one. That's correct. Dante, I would say you would then notice that room 23 is labeled ice fundamental, and room 
24 is labeled fire fundamental. I'm just writing this down. Yep. All right. Um, I am going to, just so that our compa my companions can see it, I'm going to take a little time. I have an ink bottle and uh, a quill, and I'm just going to write the things I think are important, not every detail on the map, but things that I'm like, okay, just to help Shifra navigate and also to have Helen understand, like, these are points of interest. And then for Shifra, I'm like, here is how you can tell what's going on the map. And I'm just going to spend a little bit of time to do that. Definitely. Um, I would say that those are probably like the biggest things that you see clearly labeled on the map. Um, past that, giving you a little insight into maybe areas uh, in close proximity, is those three rooms are like far deep into the mines. Mm -hmm. You see that area seven, um, somewhat adjacent to the room that you're in now, not directly adjacent, but somewhat adjacent, is, is labeled Crypts. Um, area 13, which is somewhat adjacent, is labeled scaffolding. And area 10, which is somewhat adjacent, is labeled, um, wait, where, is labeled gas pocket. I kind of hate it here, just so that everyone knows. Um, yeah, um, well, I did the best I can with any of this. Uh, Shifra, I think you got it. And I'm just going to turn the map okay. over to Shifra. Um, I don't know what else I would be doing uh, at that time. Um, yeah, we have I think the I lockers just... in this chamber. Otherwise, the oh, I was opening it. Well, be before, before uh, I probably looked at the map and I was like, oh, I understand that before I went to go open the locker. So I'm going to start opening the locker. Sure. Make an investigation check on the lockers. Um, sure. Helen? Anything specifically you're doing? No more doors to open in this chamber. Um, okay, he's going through the lockers. Um, I would probably, well, seeing whatever's in the sleeping quarters not really being much, I would probably go next door to the equipment room to see what's in that. Absolutely. Um, Dante, how do we do on investigation? A 13. A 13. Um, as you kind of open the lockers, there's there's actually a bunch of stuff in these lockers, a lot of personal effects. Um, you you could take quite some time actually going through every single pack, item, locker, space, piece of clothing, the pockets, like all this kind of stuff. But from your initial pass, you do find one interesting item, uh, an item as a wizard that I think would be familiar to you. You find a bag of holding. Ooh. Um, so I got a bag of holding. Um, it's, a, oh, it's a leather sort of, you know, like crossover pouch that you wear over your shoulder. Um, mm -hmm. It's got this sort of green and yellow inlay in a paddle that a pattern that sort of is stylistic to Neverland. Um, okay. It actually quite, it resembles the clothing and the colors and patterns on the gnomes that you met on the bridge. Okay. Getting towards the iron mines, yeah. Hey, uh, Shifra, I gotta test something out real quick. Can you just hand me uh -huh. that map? Yeah, sure, here you go. I stick the map inside the uh, bag of holdings. I'm just testing it out. Uh, and then I show it to Shifra and Helen, like, there's nothing in the bag. And then I'll just go and grab out the map. Be like, that's exactly what I think it is. Okay, that's... This is fancy. I've never had one of these before. You're muted. 
Okay. Um, so I am going to uh, hand the map back over to Shifra, and I'm just gonna say, I think it's time for you to lead the way. I could I could check out the rest of this stuff, but it seems kind of pressing that we find Genevieve and Tabith, and you might be able to figure out from where we just were, well, where they fell through or went through, which is the best way to get to them. So I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna let you take the lead on this one. If uh, um, Shifra and Dante, if both of you want to take some time to look at the map together and try mm-hmm. to use Shifra's ability to like chart and course and navigate with like landscapes and, and maps and skies, with Dante's ability to like translate the map, could try to predict or identify where Talith and Genevieve might have ended up in the mine. So that would take some time. But you, this is sort of a safe place to do that if you want. I think I think it's worth the time. If yeah, you know. I would I would definitely try to do that. Absolutely. Um, why don't you go ahead? Um, both of you make survival checks. Um, roll with advantage. Um, since Dante, you understand Dorvish. Jifra, you're familiar with maps and charting, uh, and let me know your rolls. Uh, I got a twelve. Gotcha. Nineteen. Nineteen. Um, as they're busy charting the map, Helen, you open the chamber, the door to the equipment stores, yes? Yes. Excellent. Um, this is a much smaller chamber, um, but you see lots and lots of like hard goods stored here. A little more like heavy duty mine equipment, lanterns, um, large mining carts, like spare wheels and that sort of thing. You see like heavy coats to protect you from the elements, uh, to keep you safe from debris. You see like large nets, heavy duty rope, like uh, like iron toed shoes, like all that kind of stuff. Hard hats, that like that heavy grade equipment. You know? mm-hmm. um, make an investigation check. Yes, sir. Uh, 15. I would imagine, Helen, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of start sorting through some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, you find in one of the like heavy-duty mining coats two potions of greater healing. Coming for you, Talith. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sweet. And it's also worth noting that a lot of the wearable equipment is sized for a dwarf or like a smaller, stouter creature. Um, you could take time to, and if you had the skills and ability to like sew something together to like fit your larger stature, but otherwise like all the wearable stuff isn't quite fit for you, but like the lanterns are good, the oils are good, the nets, the ropes, like all that stuff is really good too. I think I'm gonna leave most of that be since I know Dante has dancing lights and I'm pretty sure I already have rope. Um, what's the room next door to the equipment room? There's another one. It was. Yes, that will be the general storage. Okay, I also want to look through there while they're doing their map stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, you can quickly take a look in there. Um, general storage is frankly kind of just that. There's like some food, some bedding, um, you know, like water skins. Yeah, no, you can go up on on the food. Um, you also hear something rummaging around in this chamber. 
Um, it's nothing that you would like grab your weapon. It's not like you don't think it's like a threatening thing. It's almost like something like, you know, scampering or like, you know, inside one of these crates of supplies. Mm -hmm. And as you like take a few steps closer, you hear a meow coming from like the corner of the room. Hello? Here, kitty, kitty. And as you say that, a sort of like larger than normal cat pops up on one of the barrels. This cat is large, like more like a small dog um, with black fur and orange spots dotted around it. It sits down, its tail sort of like curls around its 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 feet there as it looks at you and its eyes are completely white, no pupils. But it has whiskers and like a pink nose and like large ears as it just sort of like looks at you. Um hello, I mean you no harm. There's no way you speak common, is there? <laughs> You just hear, meow. All right, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I take some of the food rations I just picked up and I, I, like, offer it to the cat, something I think cats would eat. Absolutely. Yeah, you sort of, like, reach your hand out as the large cat, frankly, which is, like, an appropriate-sized cat for Helen, like, if you're thinking of, like, human cat scaling. Um jumps down from the barrel, walks over, eats the bit of food you put out, then looks up at you and kind of just starts purring. All right, I'm going to try to lead it into the, the sleeping quarters where Dante and Chief are with just like a little, a little trail of food. Absolutely. Yeah, you start drawing the cat out of the room and it, it follows the trail of food as you can see that it's probably been eating a lot of the stored rations in this chamber because it's got some pudge going on to it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, in the meantime, Shifra and Dante, using your survival checks, gauging what you can from your knowledge of the island, the map, and, and everything involved there, probably think your best guess is that Talith and Genevieve ended up in the deeper regions of the mine, closer to where the chamber labeled fire fundamental is located like maybe just shy of that actual chamber um judging by the numbers on the map you would say that they're in the you know 20 to 29 numbered range of the 35 numbered rooms in the mines and you're standing in room two Okay. And is there a clear, discernible, like, there's one way to get to that room, or are there lots of different branching-off paths? There are several different branching-off paths, and Neat. as you two sort of, like, chart those paths, we're going to switch back over to Genevieve and Talith. Um, Genevieve and Talith, you just left this large magma-filled lava lake chamber uh, making your way down another tunneled path. Um, I imagine sort of same marching order, Talith a little bit in front, being stealthy. The stealthiest. Very good. 
I mean, uh, it might even be time for a new stealth check. I think so. <sighs> oh yeah, yeah, twenty-five. <laughs> um, you make your way down the path. Um, that quickly descends. There's like a, a, a steeper topography here. You almost have to brace yourselves on either side of the tunnel's walkway to not, like, tumble down a hill. You do hear something coming from the bottomed-out chamber. You hear what sounds like singing. What sounds like human voices singing. Uh, like a, a sea shanty, if you will, in unison. You also hear the sounds of pickaxes, hammers, sledges, and shovels chipping away at stone walls. And Talith, as you sort of like bottom out, you enter this shaft-like chamber. Let's see, where did you go? Um, here you are. You enter right up here in this wooden scaffolding. And as you peer over with your successful stealth check, good on you, you see the likes of humans. Uh, a man, a woman, large in stature, almost rivaling Helen in like, like, like size and strength with bandanas over their head, ripped vests over their chest, um, kind of like tight striped pants, um, you know, on their bottoms, and they're wailing away at these walls, picking bits of iron from them. Um, with these pirate-looking individuals, you see two large spiders accompanying them as well, um, binding the iron ore in like silk sacks, and then dragging them into mining carts. As far as you can tell, none of the spiders or pirates have noticed you, Talith, or Genevieve. And if I remember from last time, I think from the gnomes we learned, and obviously we see this, but that the, the spiders work with the pirates, right? Correct. And do these have, do these spiders have uh, construction hats? Or are they safety conscious? <laughs> you notice that these spiders do strike a strong similarity to the construction spiders you met excavating the sandy beach. They are construction hat spiders. Um, can I listen for a second? I know they're singing. Maybe maybe I could hear a, a line or two of their song. But if not, uh, can I get a, a sense of, I don't know, their personality? The gnomes seem to say that the, the pirates were bad, right? Yeah, they did sort of have that inclination that the pirates were bad. Um, yeah, go ahead and um, make another stealth check as you try to like hone in on them and focus to what they're saying, just to make sure you know knock over a rock or something like that that might, that might draw their sure twenty two. Twenty two, yeah, very good. Um, I'm a rogue. That? I'm a rogue. Uh, you hear them chanting a, a, a song in unison, something along the lines of, we go to work 
in the iron mines cause sunlight hurts our skin and mines hook makes us work all day but we're happy to listen to him yo ho I feel like this is one of those moments that you usually ask somebody in chat to uh, clip that is that how you do that yes. uh, okay so somebody do that or I'll google how to do it later <laughs> um Okay, and I haven't... Uh, Andrew is trying to separate from Talith right now. I have not yeah. heard about Hook. Talith has not. Um, they do say Hook. Um, I would say that maybe only connection you would make to the name Hook would be... That symbol way back we saw. When we, were, when we were on the sandy beaches, we found that trap treasure chest that had an engraving of like a, a Hook sigil on the mm -hmm. chest. Talith is going to roll for ADHD to see if he remembers that. Yeah, <laughs> He does. He does make that nice. connection. Wow. I'm going to roll for executive function real quick. Um, uh, so I hear them singing. I kind of, I kind of like slink back to Genevieve. And, uh, and, and I say really quiet. Okay. And uh, and having asked for for consent, I will um, roll. Well, I have to expend a psychic energy die. Uh, um, to real quick before you do anything, I do want to point out you also notice there are two ways out of this chamber too. One down here, like with the pirates, and then one over here at that like second tier of scaffolding. Okay. Um, so then, then I say in Genevieve's mind and for the next six hours, cause I rolled a six, we can, we can talk psychically. I can't hear your thoughts. I don't have like unlimited access, but we can like, we can talk, um, nice. for up to a mile. Uh, we don't have to speak common language. Yeah, that's great. So we can do that. And so I kind of share all that. Um, uh, there are, they look piratey, um, kind of comically so, but they're singing a song. It's not a very good song. It doesn't rhyme very well, but they're talking about this hook guy. And I remember we saw on that beach, uh, that, that barrel or that chest that had the hook thing in it. Um, but remember that spider was attacking us and it was empty. It was boring, but, uh, there was a hook. And so maybe that makes sense. Um, but the spider seemed to be working with him. So now I don't know our spiders, our friends. I'm not sure. Um, I kind of want to kind of, I kind of want to I don't want to, uh, you know, rumble. They don't look that great. I think we just beat our way through them. Um, all this in your head, of course. But uh, but there's also a door just down the way. And if we sneak, we might just be able to get out of it and sneak past him. But I don't know where the other door goes. So that's that's what I found out. Um, I might be able to distract them briefly if it helps us get over to that door. Well, do we want to do we want to distract and risk? No, no, you know what? Actually, I like that idea. Yeah, you distract him, and uh, okay. and we'll sink down. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty sneaky. Um, so if you have to make a run for it, go for it. I kind of like, I got your back. But uh, but yeah, let's try and make it down to that door. Okay, that sounds good. Um, Genevieve would like to. I can't tell quite from my view. Um, I want to utilize the same minor illusion effect of um of a sound, uh, yeah. as though it's like really heavy. Uh footsteps being heard from the door that we are not going to. And you two are going for the door at the by the pirates or at the middle tier of scaffolding? I think we were going for the middle tier, unless I'm mistaken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sounds good. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Genevieve, give me the flavor on your minor illusion spell. Um, (laughs) so she'll go ahead and just take out her crystal ball, kind of holding it between her her fingertips, and she'll just start, like, lightly tapping with each of her index fingers in a rhythm where it's like a soft footstep, and then each one grows a little bit louder and louder and louder. Absolutely. What's your spell save, DC? Ooh, I guess I have a 50. Here. <laughs> uh, most of them are intelligence 13. My illusion really isn't a spell save, so... No problem. I was just trying to see if the the pirates and spiders would get fooled by this illusion, and fooled they are as their like magnificent practice rehearsed and polished uh, singing um, that you just heard like stops as these footsteps get louder and louder. Um, the pirates, you know, drop their pickaxes, um, you know, grab onto their swords as they like bring them up from their sheaths. They sort of bark out to the spiders to get the iron out of here as the pirates run down the the, the tunnel that the sound is coming from. So they disappear down this way as the spiders start collecting the iron. Um, they're, they're pretty busy collecting the iron. You don't know what way they're going to go. Talith and Genevieve, do you want to wait to see what the spiders do or make your break for it now? Uh, Genevieve probably would instinctually just think right to tell and go, time to go. And she'd try to just start leaving. Yeah, right, uh, right, right behind you. Both of you make stealth checks with advantage since the spiders are distracted with collecting the iron. 17. 15. The spiders rolled a four and a three uh, as both of you successfully scurry down the wooden ladder and make your way outside of that chamber. As I'm going out, um, like, is there anything that we can see that would give us an impression of what they might be using the iron for? Or are they simply just, like, gathering it, like, raw? They're just collecting the raw iron ore and putting it into carts and barrels and silk sacks sort of thing. Yeah, there's no, like, clear indentation there. Um, Very good. Yeah, there's sort of, like, a short tunneled hallway similar to the ones uh, that we've always already went down um, before it bottoms out into another small chamber very similar to the one Genevieve and Talith that you started in. This is a recently excavated room with raw iron deposits littered in the stone walls equipment that you could use to harvest some of that iron and then a singular tunnel outside of the chamber, um, opposite of the way you just entered the chamber. But we don't see anything here? Nope, there are no creatures, no humanoids, uh, just mining equipment and iron ore ready to be mined. And when I listen back, do I hear spiders coming behind us? You do not hear spiders coming behind you. That was great, that was a great, uh, that that was a, that's so cool. I can't do that. I can't do that kind of uh, thing that makes stuff happen. Oh, it, it's something small. Party trick, really. Um, I don't think... I don't think they're going to be friendly if we get anywhere near that iron. They seem to get pretty aggressive pretty quickly. What do you think they're using it for? 
Um, I don't know. I guess, I mean, iron may have different uses here than it has where I'm from or where you're from, but uh, looking around the area, um, is there any chance that there's any remnants of iron, like small chunks, anything like that? Yeah, definitely. There there would be like nugget-sized bits of iron that were fractured off during excavation or mining. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Genevieve would like to go pick one up and just put that in her pouch. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I'd say you could probably take three iron nuggets if you'd like. Three iron nuggets. We'll do that. Um, but I don't think they're coming this way. Um, I guess, how are you feeling? Are, are you good? No, I'm, I'm good. This is, this is cool. This is fun, actually. I mean, are, are you having fun? Um, yeah, I, I, I guess this is kind of fun, actually. Not every day you run through a maze of a mine, so... I know, I've, I've never been underground before, but I think I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool, right? You can go mm-hmm. this way or that way, and there are spiders, and there's a lava creature. It, it's pretty fun. Yeah, giant birds. Those were interesting. Um... Do you see things like that at all from, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't remember what, what you called the place you're from. Oh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm from Eberron and yeah, we have, uh, we have all sorts of like crazy flying things. So I, I kind of wondered how mm-hmm. fast those things could fly. We could go back and look actually, if you wanted to, we could probably throw some of the iron at them and they would probably fly up and then we could know. Oh, we, we, we could do that. Maybe when we, uh, maybe when we find everyone else, we could probably look through oh, here yeah. a bit more, but. Helen could probably actually throw the iron like really far. We could let her do that. Uh, <laughs> Helen can throw a whole just like huge stack of iron. I'm sure. So that would be good. But well, oh. do we want to hang out in this excavated chamber any longer? Continue mm-hmm. our path. Well, Talif looks like you have to say. I, I I forgot. I could uh. Okay, not not Helen. I'm not supposed to. Uh. Hi, Dante. It's Talith. Is it okay if I talk to you? If not, uh, shake your head. No, don't shake your head. I can't see that. Um, just tell me, tell me no. What's the he can hear me within a mile. You get no response. <sighs> I don't think he, I, I know. He's probably mad at me too. Miles 500 feet, right? Yeah, you get no response. 500 feet? No, a mile is... No, is, it's like 5,000 something. 5, yeah, 5,280 feet. feet. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, no one's watching this, so... No <laughs> um, yeah, no, still with that distance, no response. <sighs> I feel... I Normally, I can do this pretty far, like, even when we're up in the air. Like, I don't know. He's... I don't know. He's super cool. He's probably, like, annoyed or something so i mean let, let's go let's keep going uh there's a there's a uh uh cave right let's keep going down that way okay that sounds good sure yeah as you can continue your descent it's still kind of like going down in topography um in elevation um the short tunnel bottoms out into another kind of medium-sized chamber uh when you compare it to the previous chambers you've been in though This one seems a lot more hazardous. There is an entrance, an exit, another tunnel that leads outside of this chamber on the opposite side, maybe a good 80 to 100 feet across this tar-filled pit. From wall to wall, covering the ground, 
there is bubbling and slowly shifting tar. Um, it's hard to tell the true depth if there are areas that are shallow and walkable. There's no like easy border to walk around, just tar separating you from the next leg of your meandering. Uh, and before I make you venture across that tar, we're going to switch back to Helen, Shifra, and Dante. Uh, at this point, Helen and Dante, you both, or sorry, uh, Helen and she, wow, Shifra and Dante, you both sort of finish your map calculations and projections as you hear, you know, Helen, like, you know, saying, come here, come here, and then a cat, meow, meow. You guys, I found something. Oh, hello there. I found a cat, and it, it's odd. Is it magic? I go inspect the cat. Um, as you scratch the cat, the group hears it, you know, meow and sort of purr. Um, but Shifra, you hear, oh, thank you. I've been meaning to take care of that itch for quite some time. And your friend is quite kind with the food giving. Can we keep that up as well? And you, all of you just heard a single meow. But Shifra, you heard all of that. Okay. Do I, how did I hear? Like, was it in my head? Was it a language I understood? It was a language you understood. One probably native to the island. Okay. Oh, what language? Uh, or don't tell me, but should you, I tell you? Are, you? Shifra would identify it as the language of the pixies, a fairy. So it's up to you, Shifra, if you want to share that at all. I don't know if Helen had any other questions. No, it's just... The DM. I, I speak Sylvan. Is that... That's separate. Different. That's different. Okay, just making sure. Yep. Um, I would just... I would just speak back to the cat and say, um, that, oh, I'm glad I could help. What's your name? And as uh, Shifra, you speak back to the cat, um, Dante and Helen, you hear just like... And Shiva, you can maybe interpret how you would want it to sound too, but traditionally it would be just like chimes and like whistles and like that sort of thing. Unless Shifra, your version of Pixie would be different. No, that sounds good. Yeah, it sort of sounds like she's like whistling and like chiming and, and ringing bells as she speaks back to the meowing cat. Um, and I'm sorry, Shifra, what, what did you ask the creature? I said, uh, I asked it what's its name. What is its name? Hmm, not many ask me my name, and if you speak the language of the Pixies, you would know that that's a rude thing to ask a fairy of the Elfine. You can just call me Sif. And I say back in the language, I say, my apologies, it's been many years since, since I was here. Um, what are you, what are you doing here in this mine? Again, Dante and Helen, you just hear meow, and then more ringing and like whistling and chiming coming from, uh, Shifra. Um, uh, as Sith answers your question, uh, Shifra, uh, Sith says, well, 
The mines have been abandoned for quite some time, and there's plenty of food, warm bedding, and plenty of space to stretch out, as, like, the cat does, like, a forward, like, lean, stretching out its arms fully. Why are you down here, hopefully to keep your friend feeding me, as it meows over at Helen? I'm sure we could keep that up as long as we have the food. Um, we're down here because I don't know if you've heard, but there's a star that fell on the island. Oh, a star. How boring. Obviously, I take offense to this. And at this point, do I, um, do I, like, get any, like, is this person, like, are they friendly? Are they kind of not so friendly? Are they evil? Good? Do I get any of that vibe? Make an insight check. A 23. Um, the fairy cat seems benevolent. Um, it's, you know, responding to your questions, giving you answers. Not, I mean, obviously has a bit of its personality or attitude, um, mm -hmm. but is like sort of the more you feed it, the more willing it is to like talk to you and be with you. Okay. Well, anyways, a star fell and we're here to get it for the queen. I think she would be your queen as well. Mm, yes, I suppose she did put me onto this island. And I must say, I have enjoyed my time here. And it sounds like if you're looking for this star, you mean to venture deeper into the mines? Yes. So, one of the star fragments fell into the mine, and two of our friends are down there, and they've collected it, and we're trying to get back to them, or get them back to us. Um, yes, of course, a just cause. I imagine, then, you're aware of the knockers? Uh, no. Helen likes to knock on doors, but that's that's about all I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. As the cat just shakes its head, uh, Helen and Dante, you just hear, like, the most, like, you know, like, what's that? The most, like, I can't believe you just said that meow ever, like, meow. <laughs> No, 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 no. The knockers, the spirits of the mine that haunt the hallways and chambers you mean to travel through? Uh, tell me more. Hmm. These spirits, lost souls, if you will, haunt the iron mines. Uh, unable to be touched, unable to be redeemed, they play their tricks on wandering souls throughout the mines. They like to shift tunnel routes, alter chambers, and just make it difficult for you to traverse throughout. Of course, me being the fairy that I am, and capable of sensing these knockers and when they'll activate their magical tricks. Perhaps if you have more food to spare, I could join you on your journey through the Iron Mines. 
Well, that would be absolutely lovely. And if I know Helen, she took all the food out of the larder, so there will be plenty for our entire journey in and out of this place. Wonderful, yes. Then we'll seal it with the proper leg rubbing as the Sith, the cat, rubs up against your leg, rub up against Helen's leg, rubs up against Dante's leg, and says, should we be off then? Uh, and I, I whisper to it, even though I feel pretty confident they can't understand me. Like, how, how are you moving around in here without getting hurt? I mean, this is an iron mine, right? Oh, yes, quite so. That's why I stick to these chambers here where the iron mm. is not stored. As long as you don't get too close and, of course, don't touch the iron, you should be fine. But I can't guarantee your safety from the substance. I'm a lot quicker than you are and can get into safe proximity with relative ease. Though the cat's, mm. like, pretty chubby and you think is... <laughs> Cat probably thinks it's more agile than it actually is. <laughs> well, thank you for your advice. And um, so after this like very bizarre conversation you've seen take place, I will just stand up and look at Helen and Dante as if not a dang thing has happened and say, Helen, if you don't mind feeding the cat, the cat can help us through the mine. Hold up, did, hold up. Did hold... the cat say that to you? Yeah. Are you having a conversation with the cat? Yes, it's part of being a druid. I can speak to animals. That's very cool. It is very okay. cool. Dante, so make a insight check. Shifra, make a deception check. Point of order, druids can speak with animals. She's not lying. No, I understand that. How do we do? Uh, Shifra first. 18. <laughs> Natural 20. <laughs> of course, yes, druids have the ability to speak with animals, which is like, uh, you know, an innate, like, just natural magical component. I think Dante, with his history and study and knowledge of magic like that, would recognize that she wasn't using that druidic ability, but using a language she understands to commune with the creature. Dante, it's up to you what you want to do with that information, but you sort of see through Shifra's it, deception has like a negative sound to it, but you understand maybe what she's saying underneath that. Uh, Shifra, I'm going to say this as kind as I can. You a damn lie, and <laughs> you're not good at it. Dante! <laughs> I'd wager I'm very good at it. I never tell a lie. You lying to me right now. I can never lie if it's always me. You know, I'm just gonna drop this. Sure. Anyways, if you would like, you can still uh, lead us the way to where we might think the others are. All right. Helen, as you are ready to keep the rations coming, Sith the cat is happy to accompany the party. I think this is a good moment to take a quick break uh, 10 minutes so everyone can refresh themselves and we'll be back in a few minutes.
All right, back to the Iron Mine. Uh, a quick shout out to Rickety Cricket 3 in chat for the winner of our Black Oak Workshop Dice giveaway. Um, I actually know this person individually. I want to give a quick shout out. He just became a father to a beautiful daughter. Oh. Big shout out to Rickety Cricket. Thanks for Congrats. watching while taking care of your young child. So. Congrats on both ends. New dice and new baby. How about it, folks? Um, okay. Helen, Dante, and Shifra. We have a new companion, um, a fairy cat by the name of Sith, who has agreed, as long as the food keeps coming, to accompany you into the Iron Mines to warn you of the ever-haunting knockers that lurk deeper in the mines. We have an understanding of... <laughs> We're the gonna map. be mature. I'm sorry. We have a deeper <laughs> understanding of the map. Um, Shifra, you're aware of a like semi hidden door um, in the entrance hall. Um, Helen, you also found, and I forgot to mention, um, another door from the equipment stores where you found the healing potions that leads into the mine. So we have two ways, um, Helen, Dante, and Shifra, of continuing forward, either through the partly hidden door in the entrance hall or through the door in the um, general's, sorry, in the equipment stores area. Judging from the map that you have, the equipment stores door leads you closer to the crypts, not directly, but closer. And the somewhat hidden door leads you closer towards the scaffolding, not directly, but closer. Um, and either way would lead you toward the direction of where you think Talith and Genevieve might be. Okay. There was a door in the uh, the equipment room in the back. Uh, okay. I don't know if it's on your map, but... It's not, I don't think. I will, uh, I'll kneel down to the cat and say, am I right in thinking that if we venture closer to the crypts, there might be more knockers that direction? Um, what, do, what does the cat say? I'm moving it. Pull it together, cat. <laughs> um, the appropriate way to address them are the ones who knock. Um, but sure, we can call them knockers for short if needed. They appear throughout the mines. They are unavoidable. So no matter which way we choose, we will encounter the ones who knock. Okay. The cat tells me of ones who knock. They are uneasy spirits who haunt the mines and they can change around the tunnels and change up what the different rooms do. And uh, they'll warn us of them, but no matter which way we go, they're going to be around. So sort of at this point comes down to, do you want to go in the direction of some crypts or go into the direction of some scaffolding? Scaffolding meaning like where they would be actively mining? Correct. Yeah, like okay. built scaffolding to okay. continue and expand excavation and mining, like a working okay. area. Um, does that map tell you anything about... <laughs> um how well the scaffolding is done because I'm not one to fly and although the crypts sound a little bit more nasty um you know I don't want to take a large fall so 
I'm leaning toward the crypts as well. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know how long it's been here since the scaffolding was put up, and it might not be in the best condition. So, crypts, I mean, it seems like we'll get what we think we'll get, but scaffolding seems like that's kind of, uh, it, it can go either way. And the way Precarious. towards the ground really fast is not the way I'd like to go. Me either. Very good. That, we agreed uh, Helen, on something. Helen, oh. did you have any opinion of a direction to go? Oh, no, I, I trust you too. Well, I, I trust Dante. I also trust you, Shifra. Even oh, thank if you, you maybe lied to us just now. I didn't. I'm a druid and I'm speaking to this cat. That's the uh, damn truth. I, I don't know. I, I can't understand the cat, so I have no, no skin in the game. No. Yes, Shifra, Shifra's only telling the truth, so we're good. All right, um, all right. I'm going to open the door. Sith does say as we choose to head in the direction of the crypts, um, speaks out to you, Shifra. Sith says, hmm, I would be rather cautious heading that way. And it sort of looks over at Helen like maybe I should get some food for what I'm about to tell you. Oh, uh, uh, good cat. Here is Nibble. <laughs> As Sith uh, snacks on the snack, looks back at you, Shifra, and says, recently some uh, other creatures who resemble you and your friends entered the mines and made their way into the chamber past the equipment stores into the, oh, what did they call it? Yes, the place of worship. I remember because they were dressed in elegant red robes. Oh. Uh, and I will like quickly look up and translate this to say there were members of, of the, the, what are the, the red, the red wizards of Fae were here. Um, and they went this way. And then I'll go back to the cat and say, what happened to them? Oh, I don't know. They didn't feed me, so I didn't go with them. But they went into the place of worship. Okay. Well, that's not good. What do we think? And I'll say to the cat, well, how's the scaffolding? I'm sorry? Yeah, ask, the cat, ask the cat, well, how's the scaffolding? Hmm, I haven't been there myself, so you see, there's no food over there, but the dwarves that inhabited these mines long ago were excellent builders, excavators, and miners. If I had to say, their scaffolding structure would hold over time, but you're much larger than I am and might, you know, be an issue, but that's for you to decide. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I will turn to Dante and Helen and say, well, the cat thinks because it is so light and dainty that it would be able to survive on this well-dwarven-built scaffolding just fine. But us being the gigantic humanoids that we are might have some issues, but it did see the Red Wizards of Fae going the other direction. So what do we think? If I have to crawl, I, I guess it's better than fighting a bunch of wizards. 
fair. Dante? Yeah, we can try the scaffolding. That, that sounds... I'd rather that than deal with some wizards at the moment, especially since we don't know where Genevieve and Talitha are at the moment. True. All right. So this way it is. Excellent. As we redirect towards the partly hidden door, Helen, you'll have to move these barrels and crates out of the way to completely unveil the door. Um, and while you're doing that, we're going to switch back over to Genevieve and Talith, who are standing at this large, open, tar-pitted, filled chamber. What do we think? Have, have you ever seen anything like this? Um, I could make some not-so-nice statements about some small towns across the pond, but, um, no, nothing quite of this nature. Um, I, I don't think we ever had anything like this back home. Like, where, uh, the pond, what pond? Where, where are you from? The, uh, this, do you remember where we met, um, in, in London? Yep, in Kahan, it's, uh, in, in the tower, yep. Yeah, yeah, yes, in the tower. Um, so there's a, a another landmass across the ocean, and that's, that's where I was from, so... Across the ocean, uh, yeah. of of this of the world, well, not this world, but the world where we came from, of of uh, of Earth. Of Earth, yes. Oh, oh, I've I've never actually. I mean, I've met people from Earth because I would come there for like business, but like, I never like like hung out with anyone from there. I mean, do you? But you have magic there. I, I thought I didn't think that Earth was very magical. It's, uh, I guess it's more magical than what I thought. I I really hadn't met a lot of people. Who could do that until Gahanet and, and I mean, now Dante, Ellen, Shifra, and you, but a different world, of course. Yeah, I, I guess I never even asked where they were from. I just kind of assumed everyone came from, from like worlds like mine. I kind of thought, I mean, I don't know. We always talk about Earth like, like, uh, in not very nice ways, but I think maybe, uh, I think maybe, I mean, I think maybe they're wrong. Um, especially if people like you come from from there, from here, from there, from there, right? We're not. This isn't Earth. I don't think this is Earth, but people of Earth don't say nice things about people of Earth, so mm. that's that's not unusual. That's too bad. Mm. Well, I I mean, any anyway, like this. Uh, I don't I don't know what to do about this. Um, it's kind yeah. of I don't know. I kind of lean down and, and reach towards it. Like, have you? Can you can you like walk on it? And I uh, I reach out and I poke the tar. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you you poke it and you actually do feel like it's a black pudding ground underneath it. There's maybe like two inches of tar at this point. And as you pull your finger back, almost like you know putting your hand into like a thing of putty or gum, there's like tar that stretches and binds you and like takes some effort to like dislodge yourself from it. Okay, so maybe we shouldn't uh, step on that. Can you just, uh, how did you get into the into the star room again? Can you just like move us over? There's an there's an exit in this room, right? There is. Can you just like can you just like move us there with your your uh your your stuff? Um, that's uh, I don't know how I got got into the mines. Mm. That wasn't me. Um, and looking down at the at the tar and the. The, what would be the closest exit? How far away is that from us? Uh, it's probably about 80 feet away. 
And it's not, it's uh, like an angled pathway. Um, there's like a shorter route across the tar. Um, so it's not like a direct trek across all of it, but you, you will have to walk through it unless you have other means of traveling. Um, I don't have anything quite like this. If Helen was here, she could throw us, I guess, but then I don't know how she'd get across. Um, were there, in the other room, were there planks or, or wood or anything? Uh, there were definitely, you know, like, like, you know, pickaxes and shovels that you could take to maybe use as a feely, pokey walking stick to traverse across the tar. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think we should go back and try and go through the pirates through that other thing? Because I, I don't know how we get across this without getting stuck. And if we get stuck and something attacks us, then we're like really stuck. Yeah, I understand. Um, I don't think that's a bad idea right now. I'd, I'd rather not get stuck in this room. Can we can we fight the pirates? I mean, <laughs> I would rather we not fight. But okay. but if 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 it if that happens, it happens. Uh, but right. I, I think that you're very, you've been very adept in battle. I don't think I'm going to be quite as useful to you in those circumstances. No, no, you're awesome. You're awesome. Uh, in, in the other fights, you did the, uh, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty uh, tired at the moment. So. Fair, fair. Do, would it be better to rest? I mean, maybe the others will, will come soon. We could just we could just hang out for a bit. Do you, I don't want to sit in one place for too long. Okay. That's my only concern. Um, why don't we go back? Try to move around the pirates. I mean, we could worst case scenario we fight. Try to talk our way out of it. But I mean, I don't know. Have you ever talked your way out of situations before? I mean. I'm a pretty good talker. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm, I'm actually pretty good at talking. Uh, mm -hmm. But no, though, actually, it's never actually uh, helped. Um, oh. I just okay. kind of do it a lot. And then people, sometimes they leave. And I suppose that mm -hmm. helps. So maybe if I talk a lot, the pirates might leave. Uh, we could try. Uh, yes, I like that for like plan C. Good. Down I'm down. Okay. okay. That sounds good. Um, I guess we should probably just head back in that direction. Um, and as she's walking, Genevieve would like to cast, uh, once they get like back near the um, the entrance to that room that we'd seen them in, um, she would like to cast Detect Thoughts and utilize it to try to sense the thoughts of creatures I cannot see. You're casting that when you get back to the, the pirate and spider room? It's very good. Before you do, Genevieve and Talith, please make perception checks. 19. Wait, yes, 19. Um, five. Five and 19. Fortunately, not good enough. While well, you both were standing at the edge of the tar pit discussing your plan, a creature seemingly made of tar using its camouflage to blend in with the surroundings gets the jump on both of you. 
this creature erupts from the tar pit and is like this gooey pudding gushing column of tar standing 12 feet tall it ripples as many mouths open with serrated teeth eyes bubble with slits in each eye socket looking in every direction and tentacles wither out from it lashing as it screeches taking its form letting out this horrifying sound talith and genevieve both make constitution saving throws i said black pudding as a joke Ooh. 19. 19. Okay, Genevieve. 12. 12. Um, Talith, you immediately plug your ears to stop the screeching from this creature, uh, confuse your mind. Unfortunately, Genevieve, you're not as quick to act as it confuses you, scrambling your thoughts and motives and, and, and means of moving normally. Genevieve, roll a d4 for me. Three. Three. You take one large step in your confusion, Genevieve, as you step into the tar as it like lashes onto your leg, trapping you in the tar. Um, Talith and Genevieve, please roll initiative. Oh, shit. 19. Nice. Eight. Okay. Talith, creature, then Genevieve. Talith, you get the drop. Not confused by the creature's confusing screech. You have your wits about you. Genevieve takes a five-foot step into the tar. The creature is probably 10 feet away from her, so 15 feet away from you total. Uh, Talith, what would you like to do? Can I push Genevieve to be five feet away from the creature so I can have a sneak attack? Um, okay, so I'm like, <laughs> uh, is there is there anything around me? Any boulders or rocks or anything like that? Absolutely nothing. I mean, you okay. you could try to wedge a hunk of rock from the wall you're standing next to, but that would take tools and effort. Yeah, yeah, okay. Bummer. Nothing loose. Um, then I just immediately, as soon as I, uh, as soon as I see her get uh, uh, like hurt and like pulled, I'm, I'm just like Gen- Genevieve, and I, uh, I gather that energy in my hands, and I'm gonna throw. Oh, wait, I'm only level. Okay, then bonus action, I'm gonna hunter's mark the black pudding. Sure. This is the first time in the history of D and D anyone ever remembered to hunter's mark the first time. Um, I will say, Talith, um, this creature, although similar in, like, composure to the black pudding you encountered in the Elfheim, is different. The pudding didn't have these, you know, half a dozen mouths and two dozen Mm. eyes and didn't have tentacles. This thing is definitely, like, more threatening than just the black pudding. More gross. I heard more gross. It's more More gross. gross. Okay. Yes. Please please reference the handy-dandy monster art from the Neverland campaign book set. Indeed. Um, and that can, well, I hunter's mark all that. And, uh, and then I'm going to, with my, uh, psychic blade, uh, power up this, this orange, like jagged shard in my hand and blast it at the creature. Absolutely. Make your attack roll. 12 plus six, 18 to hit. 
it's rather an easy target as you connect with your attack. Talent. You don't have to downplay me like that. Like it was a good shot. <laughs> uh, damage. That is a five psychic damage. Five psychic damage. Very good. As like a chunk of the tar creature, like you know, fractures away. Yeah, you, you you know you you put like a divot into its form. Technically, I don't. It's just psychic it's psychic magic. It just like slices into it, invisibly. An eye pops or something. Sure. Yeah. It looks. Ugh, gets a headache. Um, <laughs> that is my. Uh, I'm going going to move. Um, you said I'm 15 feet away from it. Is there space to kind of move out so I'm not like behind Genevieve, but I'm kind of offset to the side? Um, stepping from stepping to the side of Genevieve would put you in the tar pit. Okay, then I will stay where I am. Yeah, you're like in the tunnel entrance that bottoms out into the pit. Genevieve is directly in front of you. Um, the creature now takes its turn as it seamlessly moves across the tar directly onto Genevieve as it opens like two of its mouths super wide, joining into one mouth just large enough to consume Genevieve whole. It makes its attack. Genevieve, it hits you with its bite, dealing May I ask 12 what the roll? points of piercing damage. May I ask what the roll was? Um, in terms of what? Um, what the, to hit. Like what the number on the die was? Yes. It was a, boom, 22. Shield will not help me, never mind. It will not. <laughs> I'm sorry, how much damage was that? 12 points of piercing. Okay. Make a strength saving throw. Finally, a 20. Natural 20. <laughs> okay. As you resist Clutch. being engulfed whole by the creature, Genevieve, give me the flavor on that. Um, I, I guess in terms of this creature coming in and, and while definitely hitting her and her wincing out in pain as it tries to like pull her in, she just kind of like almost bends her knees and tries to like push away from it just to keep like barely outside of its reach. Make a, make another strength saving throw with advantage since you hit that natural 20. That one, I'm scared, just a 13. A 13, just enough to break yourself free from the tar's gluey hole. As you like, you have one foot onto the rocky path that Talith is standing on and like mm -hmm. one foot still in the tar. The creature ends its turn and Genevieve, it's now your turn. Okay. Talith, you're mm -hmm. on deck. Um. Ooh, okay. Genevieve's like wincing out and every like little movement, you can kind of like hear her trying to keep composure as she goes for her crystal ball. Um, and looking at the creature, uh, is it still within like, I assume while she's broken free from it, she's still within melee range of this creature, right? Correct. Yeah, you're like half out and half in the adjacent square next to the creature. Okay. Um, in which case... But in terms of mechanics, still within five feet of the creature. Okay. Um, he is going to... 
not provoke an attack of opportunity and instead is going to as she grabs a crystal ball and like her eyes start glowing once more and like she starts tapping rhythmically on the ball and she'll want it to make a constitution saving throw nice okay this is 13. it rolls a nine reduce Woo! so as this towering yeah like 10 foot tall column <laughs> of living tar populated with mouths and eyes shrinks down in size to to five feet tall okay awesome it's it's strength and abilities weakened to scale right and that will be it for her turn excellent talith you're up then the creature is this thing small now yeah nice but it's still within five feet it's within 10 feet of you, 5 feet of... Jet. Oh, well, yeah, but within... I, I don't care where it is compared to me. <laughs> <laughs> you have your advantage. Yes! So excited. Uh, I got all these Black Oak Workshop dice prepped. Uh, okay, um, I see it shrink down, and I'm like... Okay, and I'm going to run up next to Genevieve. Can I get to it without getting in the sludge? You will have to enter the tar. Never mind, I'm going to do a range attack then. Uh, then I just kind of yeah. lean around Genevieve... And, uh, oh, hey, real quick, uh, Hunter's marked it before, um, so it has to take an additional six points of damage on that roll Got that it. I forgot to do previously. Rolling hot with these black oak dice, man. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to make an attack. I'm going to manifest another blade in my hand and just kind of, like, lean over and, like, sidearm it um, at this little, little, little thing. Um, and that is going to be a... Uh, I'm going to use Lucky and use a little Luck. Now's the time. Now's the time. A little bit better. Uh, attacks are six, uh, 14 to hit. 14 hits. All right. And on that, it takes uh, nine points of psychic damage plus um, ooh, six more points from Hunter's Mark. Plus. Uh, oh, my goodness. Plus, plus 11, uh, 11 from my sneak attack. So 19, 20, 25 points of damage. From the reduced spell from Genevieve, I drop the creature's hit points and scale. Talith described to me the killing blow. Um, just exactly that. Like I lean to the side and like almost like, you know, when somebody like sidearm flicks a frisbee, I kind of do that instead of like a, a, a straight blade of energy. It's like a spinning like like razor disc. And it just like slides right into one of those open mouths as it's going and it just like slumps and I assume just disintegrates down back into the tar. Yeah, and as it does, that falls back into the tar, um, sort of in a, a reverse water displacement, the tar like shallows out a bit to the point where now a clear path uh, is walkable from where you are to the opposite tunnel exit out of this chamber. Uh, but the deeper tar areas are still full of tar, but enough has been dissipated where you can find a safe path to walk. Or double back towards the pirate spire chamber, like you're thinking, whatever you want to do. Uh, Jen, are, are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm fine. Uh, good job with that. No, I mean, uh, for, for, forget about thanks. that. I told you, you are awesome. That was so cool. Thanks. It's just party trick. <laughs> I mean, it was big and terrifying, and then it was definitely not. I don't know if I'd call that a party trick. I don't know what kind of parties you go to. Fun ones. 
<laughs> it seem, seems like it. Do you, uh, should we, uh, do you want to keep, keep going? Yeah, might as well now. That was unexpected, I guess, and gross. And she's going to kind of like clean off her boots where I'm sure there's an abundance of tar. Absolutely. Yeah, as you, both of you make your way to the next chamber away from the pirates and spiders, we'll double back to Dante, Helen, and Shifra. Um, with Sith the cat, we clear the half-hidden doorway. Helen, I assume, opens the door, yes? Yes. Very good. To the next chamber. This chamber has a long, well-built and kept, like, stone marble hallway that stretches a good 20 feet before it opens up into a, like, magnificent sculptured chamber. You know, think of the Michelangelo, this, like, beautiful, like, open area with a magnificent statue standing in the center of it. Um, the statue itself, as I flip back to my notes here, stands 30 feet tall and resembles someone you all know, someone you've all met, someone you have been with. The 30 foot tall statue is of Queen Map, and she's standing, sword outstretched, fairy wings behind her, and a lantern in her hand. There's an etching at the base of the pedestal Queen Mab is carved from in a language that no one other than Shifra and Sith the Cat can understand. Behind her and to the sides of the statue of Queen Mab are three doorways. One to the left, one to the right, and one right behind the statue from where you're standing. Looking at your map, the scaffolding would likely be behind the door just ahead of you, behind the statue. Um, the other two doorways are unclear on the map. I will read the statue thingy. Um, it simply says in the pixie language, Shifra, light our way. Okay. Under the statue, the 30-foot statue of Queen Mab. Okay. Do you let us know this? It doesn't feel important, so no. Cool. <laughs> well, that's a familiar that... face. Yes! The lovely, the beautiful, the amazing, the queen. I think the scaffolding is this way. No, okay. Um, yeah, I'll follow. I'll follow Shifra. Very good. As the echoing of your footsteps um, ring out in this chamber, you find the door right behind Queen Mab quite easily, which opens up into the scaffolding. Uh, that's the way we want to go. Mm -hmm. I think so. Very good, Helen. I imagine you are leading the crowd. Um, no, actually, I'm falling behind Dante. Dante, you are leading the crowd. I am not. Shafra is leading the crowd. <laughs> Shafra, uh -huh. you are leading the crowd. I think so. Uh, do you want to open the door? 
Does it look safe for me to open? Um, it's a wooden door with a, a, a handle not made of iron, so it does look safe to open. All right, I will try to open that door. As you touch the handle, Shifra, no trap spring or magical component or anything like that, um, but you notice that the the handle is cold. You know, you know how like you're taught when there's a fire in the in the opposite mm-hmm. side of the room, you put your hand on the door and you can feel the heat. Um, you're getting that same feeling, but it's cold. Okay. Whoa. But otherwise, safe to open. Yeah, I pull my hand and I say, it's really cold. And then I open it. <laughs> yeah, as you open it, it, it opens right into this large, like, 120 foot wide, uh, like 80 feet deep, and 400 foot high chamber with scaffolding shackled all like 400 feet up. And there are, are, are many ways in and out of this chamber on like each level of the scaffolding from like the ground floor, the mid floors, to the top floors. Also, you notice the temperature drops significantly in this room and caked on each planked level of scaffolding, ice drips. So much so that even snow clouds have accumulated in the far reaches canopy of this chamber and small snowflakes are dripping down onto all three of and the cat. Trillian here. So cold. Uh, and I'll pull out the map and like hold it up for Dante to see and say, can you tell which way we should go from here? I mean... Uh, I'll give it a try. I, I mean, I don't feel like I'm the best at, like, interpreting maps, but Shifra is uh, asking for some assistance, so I'll, I'll see if I can figure out what we need to do. Yeah, both of you look at it together. Once again, Dante, your ability to translate the Dorvish complements Shifra's ability to, like, comprehend the map and its layout. Um, so, Dante, roll survival check with advantage since you and Shifra are working together and add your bonus. <clears throat> I think that's a 14. Yes. Excellent. Um, so you can tell the bottom entrance, the one that's on the same level that you were on, leads away from what you think um, Genevieve and Talith ended up. The middle entrance goes a little more in that direction towards Talith and Genevieve, but the topmost tunnel entrance slash exit you think leads the most direct way, of course, towards Talith and Jenny. <laughs> well, um, and there's about 400 there. feet of scaffolding to climb to get there. Now, there are mm-hmm. ladders and like you know, railings and, and shoots, you know, it's secured and barred and structured, but it's also coated in ice. So, yeah, this is definitely shoots okay. and ladders. Cool. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, thanks for your help, Shifra. It looks like, with your help, uh, this bottom one's not going to get us anywhere closer to where the rest of where they are. And that middle one, that's about intermediate. That might get us closer, but uh, as these things normally go, that top <laughs> one right up there, that's the one that gets us right to them. Hmm. I could climb up and uh, drop a rope and you could all shimmy. 
do a little... I don't know, can you climb a rope? I think I can. I can also, uh, I could, I could find a way to fly up there. Oh, probably. that's true. You can turn in all kinds of things. I can. Can, can you like carry someone when you do that? Ooh, maybe. Let me look. <laughs> yeah, what's the quality of, can you turn into a flying creature at your level? With, uh, uh with I have the bird, well, I have the bird of paradise, which that's I. That's true. Though Which I don't think a bird of paradise is going to be strong enough to okay. lift another creature. You know, think of like a, um, you know, like a, wow, why am I blanking? Um, what are the colorful birds in like... Pro DM jungle? over here. In wow. What? A macaw. Think of like a macaw, oh. you know, like a bird of paradise, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if I would be big enough to carry another person. Yeah, and I always failed PE class. I could not get up that rope if you were to drop it down. I carry you like Dante, a little backpack? Do, do, you, do you have anything that could melt ice? Oh! Uh, at the cost of lots of, uh, magic, yes, I could. I could, in mm -hmm. fact, do that. Okay, okay. So we've got some options here. What are we thinking, team? Well, I could always just try to climb up and then see if there's a easier way to get there. I mean, you might be right. These places with scaffolding and such all the way up, they might have like a little personal elevator, like just a simple rope and pulley or ladder. Yeah, I'm sure if if you guys were on something, I could I could pull. Yeah, why don't you probably give that a look up there? Um, All right, so I'm gonna attempt to climb this. Of course, yeah. Helen will say four consecutive athletics checks will be needed to safely climb the scaffolding. Now, again, like it's not you're not like climbing up the rafters right there's <laughs> ladders even some stairs at some point like this is elaborate supported scaffolding uh the only issue is the ice right something that would cause you to slip and fall and maybe tumble um so i assume athletics is probably your favorite skill i would also consider acrobatics but you tell me i think i'm gonna go with athletics here cool didn't want to make any assumptions of helen but i feel like i kind of <laughs> Um, excellent. So you get to the first, you know, set of wooden laddered steps coated in ice. You're careful on your approach or not, whatever you want to do, but make your first athletics check. Uh, 15. 15 scales, like the first level of scaffolding, no problem. Um, it's very easy to tell that the wrong weighted footstep would cause you to slip and fall exponentially even a little more than like normal ice would cause you to tumble. Does that make sense? Like it's it like, yeah, yeah. It like really wants you to fall. Um, make your next check, your second one. Uh, 21. Another success. Describe to me Helen's, uh, you know, climbing and, and traversing form. Um, so I, I think as I, I've gotten up the first little bit I'm starting to get a little bit more confident now and I sort of am getting a hang of like how much I'm slipping on the ice 
And so I'm able to sort of use the momentum from the ice to like keep myself going American Ninja Warrior style. Excellent. Make your third check. Uh, that is a 12. Make a dexterity saving throw. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Um, 15. 15. Uh, you lose your grip a bit and like slip and slam into one of like the central wooden column supports of the scaffolding and take a whopping seven points of bludgeoning damage as you like crack your head into the frozen column. You don't lose any ground, but you you, you take a tough hit there. Um, but you can continue your ascent if you like. I call down, I'm all right, ow, 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 I'm all right. Yeah, Dante and Shifra, you just hear a loud crack. You're not sure if, if it's Helen's skull or like the wood support of the column. Yeah, if you say so. I'm just gonna put some ice on it. Get oh, it? good, good idea. You get it? I do. Helen, make your last leg of athletics check. Oh. That would be a 23. <laughs> An easy recovery on your slip prior. You get to the top, um, and the snow clouds are, are, are flurrying a lot harder up here, almost, almost obscuring your vision to your companions below. It's also quite cold up here. You wouldn't want to stay up here too long without like the proper cold weather gear. But you do notice... Resistant to the cold. You wouldn't want your allies, your companions, to be up here uh, without cold weather. That's what I meant, sorry. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, you do notice, though, toward your assumptions that there is, like, a pulley levy elevator platform that is used to, like, host up supplies, you know, and, like, materials and equipment that might support one or two of your companions. Uh, you could drop it down and hoist them up if you want. I will attempt... I, I found a thing, a, uh, like a pulley system. I'm going to lower it down. And I do. Excellent. Yeah, you drop it down as like ice shards shatter from like the frozen rope as it boom. Dante and Shifra, you see the supply elevator now in front of you imprinted in the snow piled, um, you know, beneath the scaffolding there. I right. step on it and I invite the cat forward and I say more food this way oh goodness yes I'm more than inclined to join you then as Sith the cat jumps on the elevator as well um, Dante do you want to join uh, I will if there is space or it looks like it's stable enough <laughs> yeah it definitely looks stable enough you know this elevator is used to not only like hoist up you know metal tools mm -hmm. and such but also like drop down large all right cool i'll be the yeah i'll be the third wheel in the elevator because i'm out of this conversation so i'll go and do <laughs> that <laughs> helen you'll need two successful athletics checks to hoist your companions up if you fail you run the risk of dropping them <laughs> all right here goes nothing nothing like Suddenly, Talith and Genevieve are happy to be in the tar pits. 
Uh, 16 for my first one. A success. You hoist them up halfway. A little <laughs> jarred and rugged. Um, Dante and uh, Shifra, if you don't have your sea legs about you, you might get a little nauseous here. Mm-hmm. Um, Helen, make your second check. That is an 18. And you give me the flavor. You bring them up all the way. Uh, I, I hoist them up with maximum effort. And I look at them both and I go, this is why you never skip arm day. <laughs> uh, I guess I would I never know. dream of it. Very good. Um, as you all now stand up at the peak of the scaffolding, uh, Shifra and Dante, maybe on the chillier side being up here, quickly look towards the exit out of this chamber. You notice... It's a, not even like a, a tunnel, right? A tunnel-like pathway to the next room, but rather just an open threshold to a large stone bridge that spans several, several feet, maybe even a hundred feet in total. Still cold, you take your steps out towards this bridge that is now encumbered with fog. You see that the bridge spans over two flowing rivers. One river caked in ice, but water still moving underneath it. Another another river flowing magma and lava from the opposite side of the ice river, and they sort of like cross, twine, and then untwine underneath the bridge. The fusing of ice water and hot magma has caused fog to spew and grow over the bridge, blocking your vision down the stone walkway, uh, obscuring its true depth, the bridge, I mean, like how far it really is. At this point, it seems the ice water is overpowering the magma causing the magma to barely be visible and just more cold mist spewing from these joining rivers. Before we get to you two, we're going to switch over real quick. Sorry, you three. We're going to switch over real quick to Talith and Genevieve. Um, both so anyway, you- I was looking under this rock and I found a plus three longsword and I don't know what to do with it, but I'm super excited that we found it. I don't think either of you are proficient with long swords, so you just have to leave it there, I guess. I chuck it in the tar and we keep going. <laughs> Very good. Um, you two make your way across the tar pits um, where another stone tunnel um, leads the way forward. Uh, I assume you want to enter it? I check it for traps as we go. <laughs> are you perceiving? Are you investigating? Uh, let me look at my stats. I'm definitely perceiving. Make a perception check. In general, yeah, I'm trying to like move ahead and like I'm scouting the space as we go through to be safe. Of course. That is a, a 17. 17. As you look down the hall to try to see if you can identify anything out of the ordinary, light starts to emit like uh, sprinkles. Um, kind of scattered across the tunnelway. This light is this yellow-greenish hue 
that takes the shape of like a lit candle, but without the candles, just the flame in this greenish yellow hue. These light formations pop up, start to frequently make their appearances down the tunnel and even in the entrance that you're standing in. All of a sudden, as these lights flicker, you hear this loud, almost like 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 thumping, like vibrating your whole body's knocking sound, as if Helen was swinging an oversized hammer on a stone door. You just hear boom, 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 as each of these light figures appear. What do you what do you what do you two do? I can can we can we move past them quickly and and I I, I like like almost yell like in in my mind to to Genevieve like like what do we do do we run? Um, go go I guess I I don't see what you're seeing. I and, and I reach back and I grab her hand and I'm like just just like follow me and and I kind of like grab her hand and and try and kind of like book it forward. Sure. Yeah. As you both start running down the tunneled pathway, these loud knocking lights appearing all around you, the tunnel itself starts to shake and reverberate as it dislodges from its anchored positions in the mines and begins to shift like a tremor or moving staircases in Hogwarts. Boom, 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 boom as the room that it once led into leaves your vision and you are redirected toward another chamber. You don't know if it's in the direction you were meaning to go or how far the tunnel shifted, but the knocking lights redirect your pathway. And as it boom lands in its end zone, both of you, Talith and Shifra, have to like hold on to the sides of the tunnel to not knock, get knocked over. You see that it now empties out into this large chamber, this magnificent grove, maybe 200 feet long and 400 feet wide, populated or overpopulated with mushrooms, fungus, and algae consuming every square inch of this chamber. And as you look towards its center, you see this hulking, massive, giant praying mantis, the size of an elephant, scooping large mushrooms and fungus into its mouth. As you can hear the sounds of foam and, and, and aggression pouring from its head where it's eating mushrooms. And that is where we will end tonight's session. We have Talith and Genevieve being overpoured into this mushroom-infested chamber with an oversized praying mantis feeding on the fungus. We have Helen, Shifra, and Dante, and Sith the Cat stepping foot onto a large mist obscured bridge all under the island of neverland in the iron mines hopefully next session the group can safely traverse enough of these unexplored mines to unite with one another 
bring the star to safety and resurface back onto the island of Neverland. Uh, before we go, I know we have a quick shout out. Um, Brianna, you've got something going on tomorrow, right? Yes, so I am super excited. Um, for those of you who do not know, uh, myself and the channel, I am a creative producer and game master on the Initiative Order, our ambassadors for Jasper's Game Day. Awesome organization, nonprofit, um, completely dedicated to using tabletop gaming and community to raise funds for suicide awareness and prevention. Um, we have just partnered with D&D Beyond officially to do a once a month uh, one shot on their channel. And I have the honor of being a player for our first one shot partnership with them tomorrow night. It's going to be on the D&D Beyond channel. Myself, another uh, ambassador, uh, Bright Dystopia, fantastic. Absolutely recommend following him, Twitch, all the socials. Um, he's going to be running the game at 7.30 uh, Pacific Standard Time. So please, if you have a chance, come by, visit, say hi. I know it's going to be a fun time. Awesome. Yeah, please go check out that show. It's going to be an incredible session and for such a good cause. Um, Andrew, anything on your end? Anything on our end? Anyone else? I just want to say a big thank you to our producer, Ryan, for helping like on the fly, helping us uh, up our video quality for the stream. Woo. Um, you know, doing things. He's, he's a full-time dad, a full-time employee of somebody and uh, helping us make stuff awesome here. And of course, to our awesome mod, um, Fluffy Snowfall, thank you for always being in chat and pumping stuff up and making great puns and excellent jokes. And thank you to everybody who joins us live as well as uh, those of you who listen to us on podcast and VOD. Um, we appreciate all of you. And make sure if you want to hear what we're literally about to record after we go offline, our uh, Beyond Neverland after show for some uh, fun behind the scenes details. You can go to patreon.com slash second star show, get access to that, get access to our discord, depending on your level, get access to Joe's DM notes and Shifra's adventure journal and any other cool stuff we come up with. We've got some cool ideas in the works. So check it out. Patreon.com slash second star show. Michael, you got something too? I do. Uh, okay, so next Tuesday, I'm going to be playing with Shelby Hall, or Shelby is a nerd, and Danny, and Josh, and Nassim. Uh, we are going to be playing a Avatar The Last Airbender um, yes. one-shot that's developed by Magpie Official, so there's a little bit awesome. of semi-official, not official, but kind of official stuff uh, that the TTRPG is going to be doing. So yeah, you get to see us do some air, or you know, element bending things and it's gonna be a good time we had a session zero so we're we're pretty happy about that and then uh sunday uh i will be talking more about the DD set that's coming out so just covering the cards that have been previewed and stuff like that so just pay attention to my twitter things are happening even things more things are happening ndas are all around but just keep paying attention to me <laughs> <laughs> awesome. uh, definitely keep up with everyone cast and crew thank you again another thank you to our sponsors uh, Demi Plain, Black Oak Workshop um, Laser Wolf Attack First Aid Comics, Hero Forge everyone comes together to make this show possible um, we'll see you all in two weeks keep an eye out for social media posts to get your updates when they come up and I think we just have our sign-off. So remember, if you're ever feeling lost, just look up to the sky, find the second star on the right, and follow it straight on till morning. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>